0: Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team.
1: Prescott got a carry and reach flip sets up first and goal at the. Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming. Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner.
0: You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world.
1: we I not you to take part,
0: we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for July 24th, 2023. And on today's episode, I got a guest with me. He is Nico from Elite Takes. Nico, what's going on my man?
1: Doing well. Always excited to talk about the boys.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just excited to talk about football in general, man. And we're we're gonna oh, yeah. talk about a few we're gonna talk about a few things here. We're gonna talk about the conference as a whole because Nico more so covers the uh entire nfl more than just one team but we're going to get his his take on how the cowboys look for this upcoming season as well it's going to be a fun episode if you guys haven't already if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify stitcher whatever it may be make sure to follow the show we have a five-star review that would be greatly appreciated if you're watching this on youtube please make sure to hit that thumbs up make sure to subscribe as well nico where can they find you on your social media pages
1: um, so you can find me on TikTok, Elite Takes, and then on Twitter and Instagram, it's Elite Takes, just with an underscore at the end. And then YouTube also, just Elite Takes, search it up.
0: And before we get into it, I, I just want to say Nico is one of the best commentators in the entire social media uh, wave that's going on right now. He's the, I truly believe that he's the future of uh, you know sports talk when it comes to uh, how things are moving with the social media wave. And um, yeah, very fair commentator, fair when it comes to all 32 teams, even the teams that he hates, (laughs) which is pretty much everybody in the AFC East, I would assume, because he's a Dolphins fan. But uh, yeah, Nico, it's definitely, it's awesome to have you on here.
1: Thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm ready to get going. Let's do it.
0: Absolutely. So going into this season, who do you believe are the best teams in the NFC? Give me your top five.
1: In the NFC right now, okay, I pr- I probably say the Eagles and Cowboys immediately stand out, as well as the 49ers. I think regardless of the quarterback situation, um, I just feel like their defense gives them such a high floor, and obviously they have the monsters around Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. Um, and then if for my next for my next two, okay, let, let's look at the standings here real quick. So it was. Minnesota, I I don't think Minnesota is going to be back in the top five this year after basically letting go of all their defensive veterans. Um, I'd say Seattle is looking really nice, offensively especially. Um, And then maybe for my fifth team, I'll say Detroit. I feel like Detroit has a pretty – I feel pretty confident about them on both sides of the ball to at least be average on both sides. So, yeah, those are probably my top five going into the year.
0: I would say I, – I agree with a lot of what you said. I would say uh, Dallas and Philly are the two teams to me. I think that are the I best. The offense. But like you said, with, with the 49ers, I don't think people give Brock Purdy enough credit for what he was able to do with that offense. He was – he made plays for that offense, and I think – if oh, he was good, yeah. Out, oh, if he's if they're going to be without him for an extended period of time, I think that that's going to be problematic for the, the 49ers because I don't think I, – I, I'm not sure if Trey Lance – is uh what the 49ers thought that he was going to be when they drafted him sam darnold we've seen what he is in the league unfortunately you want to know what was sam Darnold. the most unfortunate thing to me is that he got drafted to the jets who i thought were a bad team bad coaching staff and he came in the league with bad habits and he never got that coached out of him never got
1: disciplined no
0: no yeah so i don't uh, if if brock purdy isn't the quarterback of the 49ers i don't I, uh, you know, I think that they will be a very good team, but I, I don't see them as good as Dallas or Philly, but you know, um, a few, yeah, I'm on teams. the same
1: page there for sure. I think uh, that even, even with Purdy, I th- I think that you could argue that they're number three, but they, they should still have a nice run game to lean on no matter what, even if Lance starts and they should, their floor should be number three. I just don't think that they'll probably end up in my top two, even if oh, Purdy yeah. announces the starter.
0: So four and five to me. I got I'll give you a tie at five. Okay. I'll go Detroit and the Atlanta Falcons.
1: I like that one. Atlanta Falcons. I I think the Falcons are going to be one of the most entertaining offenses in the league because they Mm -hmm. drafted Bijan. They've got Drake London coming into the second year. He was top 12 in yards per route run with Marcus Mariota at quarterback in year one. I think – he, he could be due for a massive breakout if he's the focal point of the passing game and they're using Pitts more as a decoy coming off the, was I believe it was a torn ACL. Um, it usually takes one, it usually takes two years to be back in peak form. So I imagine London is going to be the focal point. But yeah, they can just run the crap out of the ball. And Desmond Ritter has shown the ability, I think, in his four starts as a rookie. He's He's already pretty darn close to being a, um, a reliable game manager. And defensively, they they added some pieces in the secondary. They got Jesse Bates. They added Calais Campbell. So, yeah, I think the Falcons are going to be a team that probably very slow-paced, just want to command time of possession offensively. Um, but, yeah, the defense took a big leap. Um, is I think they should take a big leap, especially because they brought in a bunch of defensive staff from the Saints, too. You can't sleep on that
0: very underrated defensive line as well i don't think people give enough uh that defensive line enough credit i mean you have um uh kawaius Campbell that they just added they already have graded grady jarrett own i believe that they just added him as well on top of jesse bates uh on top of like jeffrey okuda isn't a number one cornerback but if you're number two guy i think you're in a, a a better situation than you were before so like you said with desmond ritter I mean, I was I was watching uh, tape on Drake London and those last games that he had with Desmond Ritter. I was like, you want to know what he, like, he's not bad? Like he's not no very smart.
1: He's he's pretty sharp. He's already got pretty impressive timing, I think, for a rookie. And he's obviously a very solid athlete. I, f- I felt like the first game there, he was forcing balls into tight windows. I mean, they just got clamped. Like their receivers were. Bad, bad last year outside of London. No one could separate. Um, but yeah, I think I think he got really comfortable once they leaned on the rushing game, and Algier obviously helped him out, um, beating Tampa and Arizona to end the year. So yeah, I think that he can be a pretty smooth operator, kind of like a, a Ryan Tannehill, like Arthur Smith had back in Tennessee.
0: Yeah, it. And then another guy that we'd even bring up Cordell Patterson as well in that run game. I mean,
1: very versatile.
0: Dude, I, I I'm very high on the Falcons going into this season. Like I, I think that e- even though maybe Bijan wasn't the smartest pick there because of no. the running back position, I I think that I mean you're gonna get a really damn good player day one, and if if oh, they're more sure. games this year, they got the right guy for the job.
1: I think like just adding an All Pro offensively and a guy who's not just limited to taking handoffs, you can throw him all over the field. Like that, they, they could have done bigger things. I, I think especially bigger things long term, addressing the quarterback situation if they really wanted to shoot for like a serious star. But um going into next year in a weak division, they pretty much played all of their cards to be set to win it.
0: Oh yeah, i a hundred percent agree. Um, but like when we talk about like Dallas and Philly though, like there's this there's this thing that people think that there's like a gap between Philly and Dallas. And I just no. I disagree more. Like if somebody wants to say that Philly's better than Dallas, perfectly fine. Philly's a damn good football team. But sure. to say that there's a gap between the two teams, I I just, I don't agree with that.
1: No, I, I think that Philly probably has the formidably better um, or at least deeper offensive supporting cast around Jalen Hurts. But like Dallas, when you look at their – pass rush i, I trusted a lot more when you look at their cornerback duo I, I trust gilmore and Diggs a lot probably a lot more than slay and bradbury i know that probably comes off as a hot take but both of those guys are quite old and coming off somewhat of anomaly seasons based on how their careers were looking um a few years back i and obviously like dallas the great thing about them is their coaching staff on both sides of the ball they 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 lost Kellen Moore, but they fired him. They fired Kellen Moore in hopes that they could improve off of him, and they brought in Schoenheimer and they're changing play-calling duties. It feels like one side got a little worse this offseason. One side got a little bit better, and they were very, very neck-and-neck neck in the regular season. If the Cowboys hadn't had a bit of a frustrating uh, final stretch there and the Eagles had maybe um, – <laughs> Not gone, Jalen Hurts back for week week eighteen. I think we could be having a very different conversation right now.
0: Yeah, and you want to know what? Like, even though like people thought that Philly was so much better than Dallas last year, it took that week eighteen game for them to clinch Mm -hmm. the division. On top of that, I would say that there were games that Dallas should have flat out won, but shot themselves in the foot, which is one thing that scares me going into the season. The roster's talented. The roster's talented. It, It might be like. It's, it's up there with the most complete rosters in the entire NFL, but they can't shoot themselves in the foot like they have in years past. And and unfortunately, like last year, two games in particular, Green Bay, they should have won that game. Joshua, oh, yeah. They should have won that game. And if they win those games, I don't think that they lay a team Because I play for something here. Mm-hmm. And they might end up winning the division. So to me... That's that's the thing with Dallas this year. They're talented. They got a, 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 I really like their coaching staff. I like McCarthy. I like Dan, Love Dan Quinn. Love Dan Quinn a lot. He's,
1: he's amazing. He might be the best DC in all of football. I think at this point, I cannot believe yeah. that he's. They've been able to keep him two straight years. I, I really can't believe it.
0: And I want to bring something up to you because I, I don't think he gets enough credit for this. Um, because you know, obviously, like, I, I follow this team very closely, but. He is I think out of any coordinator in football the best uh, uh player development coordinator. Like this guy has a plan for a guy in year 1. Okay, this is what we want you to do. Year 2, this is where we want you to be at. Year 3, this is what we want you to Like you see some of the players that he's developed on the Cowboys. Jaron Kurse uh w- was really like offense to him like he was in the NFL until he came he was. to and and look at what he did with Dan Quinn. Look at what um, uh, Dan Quinn did with Israel McQuamu this past season, Uh, a guy that nobody really heard about. Then he started to make some noise there. Like there's a lot of guys that Dan Quinn, uh, you know, has these plans for where it's like, okay, we draft you. This is what you did in college. This is what we want you to do for our team. This is what we want in year one. And this is, you know, this is our plan for you. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I think especially like the most stunning thing for me is how we can get guys these developmental guys in like the bottom third of the draft to be impact players right away. Like Deron Bland last year, saw a little bit of it um, from, you know, I mean, he was kind of handed the jackpot with Micah, but also with Osa in year one, like it's, it's really impressive how he gets these immediate impacts. Even guys like Sam Williams had some flashes as rookies. It's he, he does not really rely on being handed the, a goldmine of prospects defensively. He kind of just lets uh, the offense sort of invest more as it seems.
0: Exactly. And you want to know what? Um, It's funny that you bring up Sam Williams, man, because not a lot of people who aren't following the Cowboys are bringing up Sam Williams. I think that kid is a flat out stud, man. I I think, I mean, he had four sacks last year, two of those sacks. One of them came against Panay Sewell and the other one came Mm -hmm. against Alton Jenkins. Of the uh, the Green Bay Packers. I mean, those are two of the best linemen in football, and he was able to to beat those guys very impressively too. Like it wasn't like a coverage sack where he just you know he, he kind of just backed into the sack or, or whatever. There's definitely a better word for that, but it, like he beat the guy and got to the quarterback. And yeah, just a very impressive young player. And um, yeah, I mean, look I, that defense and and that. That's the thing with me, and you know, the way I look at Dallas and Philly. I think Philly has the best offense in football. I think Dallas has the best defense in football. And I think that Dallas has a very good offense. And I think Philly has a very good defense. And I think the game's going to be won really with which unit is more elite, the, the, um, the defense for dallas or the offense for philly
1: i I couldn't agree more i mean those those two games last year it felt like philly came out doing different things and i believe the week was it week eight week seven um they were just they were just running rpos all over the place um and then that week 16 game i couldn't believe it with Minshew, but they it seemed like they felt really comfortable airing it out. And that's the thing that was so great with Shane Steichen last year is he, he was every week. It felt like the Eagles were doing a different thing. Sometimes they would totally pound the rock. Sometimes they go with the short passing game and sometimes they'd go with a deep passing game. And I think losing him hurts a little bit. They, I do have some faith in Brian Johnson, the guy who they hired from within. Um, But Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a total chess match between Quinn and Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni. Um, and then obviously maybe more of a mismatch on the offensive end when we're talking about Mike McCarthy scheming up against this new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, who I wasn't as high on in terms of who they brought in to replace Jonathan Gannon.
0: Yeah. And you want to know what, that's the thing, right? Like I, I love Shane Steichen, man. I love Shane Steichen. I think he's going to be great in, in, in Indianapolis. I love what he did with Jalen Hurts last year. Um, and you're right. Like that guy came out and you didn't know what, we, what you were going up against. Like he uh-huh. truly changed up the game plan game after game. And I think that them losing Steichen is more, uh, is going to be more impactful than they believe. I, I do like Brian Johnson, though. He was a guy that I was looking for the Cowboys to potentially hire when they were finding a new OC. So that's going to be interesting. But like, yeah, I mean, like, look, um, Mike McCarthy, this team is going to go as far as Mike McCarthy takes it because you know what to expect from that defense. It's going to be one of the best defenses in the league this upcoming season. Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. and Mac more so. Um, to me, they're going as far as those two take them.
1: Yeah, and I think that, this year is just such a pivotal one because I think they finally understood that they need somewhat of a change in offensive identity. And that's, I think, that swapping Kellen Moore for Schoenheimer suggests that they they want to be a more aggressive offense. Like, it felt like the last two years it was just hitches and curls and pounding the rock. And with Brian Schoenheimer, I mean, what we saw in Seattle with Russell Wilson, much more aggressive down the field. I was like... I was reading up on him, and one of the quotes he said is, we want to make the defense defend at all three levels, and we." And it also seems like he wants his receivers to constantly be moving, not just sitting places waiting for the ball, but more, more of a dynamic style of play calling. So I think this could be a total change of offensive identity, and if it doesn't work well, maybe we owe Kellen Moore an apology. I don't think that's – I don't think that's how it will go, but I mean, you see how it could really be the most telling year in recent memory for um, what what the Cowboys are doing up in the front office and the decision making.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, question: Do you think it's fair to call the Cowboys Super Bowl contenders?
1: Absolutely. No, no hesitation. I think. I mean, I've said it for two straight years now, and in their offense is laid eggs in the playoffs for two straight years. But I mean, I'm telling you when this team, they, they go on these rampages defensively where they're forcing all of these turnovers. I was expecting the defense to regress a little bit because of their reliance on turnovers in 2021. And that didn't happen whatsoever. Like it's just such a, such a experienced and seasoned coaching staff combined with such a, reliable offensive infrastructure and, you know, defensive stars all over the board. Like, I don't, I don't think that this team necessarily has a, um, an extremely exploitable hole in it. Like there's, I, I think that's the mark of a contender, really a team that you just flat out have to be better at, not a team that you can just completely out scheme and, and and impound their weaknesses. So yeah, I think that the Cowboys are the definition of a contender with just very few holes And lots of evidence of previous success to an extent.
0: He said it, not me. He said it, (laughs) not me. Because I, dude, I said the same thing. And I got called a biased Cowboys fan, which, I mean, I'm sure that there's substance behind that claim. Um, But, uh, yeah, like, look, there were three areas uh, for the Cowboys last season where teams were able to exploit a weakness. And Mm -hmm. that was the run game. That was defending against the run. I mean... Um, run
1: defense, yep.
0: Cornerback two, wide receiver two. and exactly. I think that They go out there and they address it by, you get a Stephon Gilmore, you get a Brandon Cooks, you draft a Mozzie Smith, you re-sign Jonathan Hankins, who was very good for that run defense uh, last season when he got to the party. So, yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I 100% agree. I think that they're, they're definitely Super Bowl contenders. Again, it just comes down to they can't shoot themselves in the foot. And I, I think that if they don't beat themselves, it's going to be hard to beat them.
1: Exactly. Like I mean, like you said, the fact that they their three biggest investments of the offseason were to address their three most obvious weaknesses last year just tells me that they know what they're doing and they're evaluating the team correctly. I think that's, that's a big thing. Like every offseason, you can say that just about every team in the league gets better but does every team in the league get functionally better? If you know what I mean, like you can add talent anywhere, but are you specifically hammering talent at your biggest weaknesses? That's, that's why I truly believe the Cowboys know what they're doing and have set themselves up to, to make a run at the Lombardi.
0: And you want to know why, like, here's the thing. I think that there is a difference between adding, adding talent and adding talent that makes your team better. For Mm -hmm. example, AJ Brown, was a great acquisition for the Eagles. But it wasn't just a great acquisition because of the talent. It's he was a great acquisition because of the fit for that team. Yeah, but, he
1: opened up the RPO game. I mean that's oh yeah. that's all they did.
0: Oh yeah. I mean you talk about a guy who can really take the top off a of defense, catch radius like crazy, um opening Run after up catch. That, Oh yeah, opening up the middle of the field. I mean he was such a good piece for um for jalen hurts this past season i look i it, it hates i hate to say it but like i think he's he's a better receiver than cd lamb and, and i love cd lamb to death but i, I mean I, I gotta you know i gotta call a spade a spade aj brown's a baller no doubt about it
1: yeah i mean i think like you you talk about like compare the eagles trade trading for aj brown to the raiders trading for davante adams like aj Devonte adams is the better talent but the eagles ended up benefiting more from it like it, it's pretty obvious and and that's really what i believe the cowboys did i don't think they just messed around and you know it'd be one thing if they were adding a bunch of um pass rushers like come on you've already got a killer pass rusher if they yeah. were if they were trying to add you know <laughs> more interior offensive lineland like come on i I think that this was truly like one of the more like they nailed it like anything i could have asked for them this offseason they nailed it they they truly did know what they were doing and it's and it's going to pay off a big a big bunch i think
0: so i really liked your your take on this uh i might say that it was an elite take
1: (laughs) great Um, (laughs) that's what we like to see
0: uh Stephon Gilmore, you were very high on this Stephon Gilmore trade. So Mm -hmm. what do you think Stephon Gilmore brings to the Cowboys this upcoming season?
1: Lockdown coverage. I think he's – I think that it's so nice to have a guy like Diggs who – it's it's not as much of the the idea with him anymore, but a guy who wants to fish for turnovers a little bit more versus Stephon Gilmore, a guy who just totally is focused on – Swatting balls down, following number two receivers. Like now they've got their guy to defend Devontae Smith. Now they've got their guy to defend a guy like Jahan Dotson. Not that they didn't already, but you, you know what I mean. I think like they fit so well together because they're such dissimilar cornerbacks. And I think Stefan Gilmore last year, even at the old age, like I don't think Stefan Gilmore has ever gotten considerably worse. Like back to when his he was defensive player of the year that was unbelievable but i don't think he's ever regressed from the top 10 level even his short stint in carolina he he looked great and then in indianapolis indianapolis last year like he had the game winning breakup against the chiefs he had the game winning breakup against um the broncos he's just totally locked down and i think he is a little bit better suited in zone at this point in his career which makes sense that's where the guys in their 30s tend to thrive but Man, I I haven't seen him regress much. And I and I think at this point you could very much argue that the Cowboys have two top ten corners, which is just only only the Jets, I think, are the other team that could potentially say that. And you want to
0: know what? Like when it comes to Stefan Gilmore, and this is the thing where we talk about adding talent and adding talent that makes your team better.
1: Practically, yes.
0: Like you know, when Stefan Gilmore got traded to the Cowboys, the haters were like, oh, you know, Stefan Gilmore, <laughs> he's not that good, he's washed. He's washed. I mean, here's the thing. Even if he isn't as good as he was last season for the Colts, in which he was really good for the Colts, mm-hmm. he's still way better than what the Cowboys had last year. So oh, man. Perspective, it's an upgrade.
1: It's an upgrade. And now you can feel like if you're – if you've got him on the outside, Diggs on the outside, you can play a little more nickel with Deron Bland. It just, it, ma- it makes so much more sense. Long gone are the days of of, Kel- of Kelvin Joseph or <laughs> like sticking Nashawn Wright in there. I think Nashawn Wright has some potential, but not not quite at this point is he a very trustworthy starter. So yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting. And also like the point with Bland, maybe more nickel action they have a ton of defensive backs that they could stick closer to the line of scrimmage or we'll match up with receivers, rush the quarterback. It just opens up a lot more opportunity for versatility in the secondary.
0: Absolutely, man. And that's the thing with the Cowboys. They play so much diamond nickel defense. Like, they're not particularly strong at off-ball linebacker. Like, I think Linton Van Der Esch is good. Damone Clark has some serious potential, I believe. Um, overshone is, uh, you know, a project player that they drafted, uh, in the draft. And to me, I'm not overly concerned about it because you look at the safeties on this team. I would argue that there's not a team in the league that is as deep at safety as the Cowboys. No Maybe Seattle, Seattle has a, a case with, with Diggs and, um, Jamal and Adams. Adams. that's a very, uh, uh, you know, I think that that's a very, uh, comparable room to what Dallas has. But then you add in the fact that they have a guy like Mukwamu who's so damn versatile who can go play mm-hmm. slot, slot corner against these bigger slot receivers like a Chris Godwin like like he did in the playoffs. Like I, I honestly think that the move that really helped the Cowboys big time in the playoffs was them bringing Israel Mukwamu, uh down, having him play slot corner, having Duran Bland play on the outside – because teams were just going at that number 2 corner but then when you when you put Deron Bland out there a guy who is a very capable corner on the outside or in the nickel um and you have a guy like Mukwamu who played as well as he did against Chris Godwin like that's just another piece to their room that they can say like hey look you know this is another piece that can do multiple things for our defense
1: I mean how many teams can you say have seven guys that you're eager to stick on the field in the secondary. I don't I don't think there are many. Like at any point you could have two starting caliber guys on the sideline. That's unbelievable.
0: So, um where, where do you think who, who do you think wins the NFC East this upcoming season?
1: I haven't gone through the records at this point, but I think I mean, maybe this is a silly way to go about it, but if you're following the trend of the NFC East with a unique winner every year since 2004, I think it would make it would make a lot of sense to stick the Cowboys in there. That was, I guess, part of what led to my instinct to predict the Eagles winning it last year. So, I, I think I probably I probably would go with the Cowboys just with their continuity and um, and just addressing of their weaknesses, whereas Philly kind of. Has become a little more exploitable this offseason. I think it it totally makes sense. But I mean, both picks are justifiable. But I, I think the Cowboys being the unique winner totally makes sense.
0: And one thing that gets under underrated is that Dak plays very well against Philly. He always has throughout the course of his career. And I don't think that that's something to just like sneak it's past. It's critical
1: because those games will decide it.
0: Well, listen to this, right? So over the past five games that Dak's played against Philly, and one of those five games includes that that stinker and week, I think it was sixteen of twenty nineteen. When Dak is on the field and they're playing the Eagles, I think they average like over thirty five points per year. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh.
0: It's like that's insane. unbelievable. Like It's insane. And yet there are people on that side of the spectrum that uh, uh, question the notion that the guy can do his job, which is just crazy to me. And you want to know what? That's the thing, right? Like, I'm perfectly fine with somebody telling me that Jalen Hurts is better than Dak because Jalen Hurts had a great season, no doubt about it. All Mm -hmm. the trouble in the world to him, he improved. I didn't think that he was good. I thought that he was going to improve. I didn't think he was going to improve as much as he did. But even still, it's not like like people think that the difference between these two is like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and let's just say like um, I don't know, like a Derek Carr with the Raiders. I, you know, not saying Derek Carr's bad or anything, but just like the the difference between those two quarterbacks is so substantial. I don't think the difference is is that like even if you have Jalen over Dak, I don't think it's to the point where it's like a team led by Dak can't beat a team led by Jalen Hurts in the playoffs.
1: No, no. And I and I'd say at this point, like Hertz Hertz was the second best quarterback in the league last year and probably the the cleanest in terms of taking care of the football while also being aggressive in spurts. Um but I I think at this point, like Dak has had so many quality years and Jalen Hurts has had one year where he one quality year. I mean, I, I hate boiling boiling it down to that, but at this point I think Dak is 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 somewhat close to him. I think I probably would give the edge to Hertz with with some sort of confidence, but like like you said, Hertz is not unstoppable. Dak is not unstoppable. Um, and if neither quarterback is unstoppable, it, it becomes a much more even matchup in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and 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 like that's my thing. Like you know, there's I get a lot of comments like this where people say like, "Oh well, Dallas's wide receivers are." are the Eagles' wide receivers are better than Dallas's wide receivers. And I'm like, it's, it's not how football works. Like, this isn't basketball <laughs> where guards guard guards. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this is football where cornerbacks guard receivers. So I think a, a great way to compare the two teams is, okay, how do these receivers match up against the cornerbacks, you know, for both of these teams? You know, it's, it's something that I just wanted to bring up that, like, w- like, talking about comparing the two teams, like, that's just something that just aggravates me because i'm like that's it's not how football works.
1: <laughs> yeah, i mean to an extent it doesn't really it doesn't really matter who's who philly's putting out, out there beyond wide receiver 2 just because aj brown and and smitty are so good but now i think the so cowboys good. Good. the cowboys have such a formidable one and two um that i wouldn't i wouldn't say matches up but i would say are good enough to to get the better of probably 20 26 or so out of the 32 cornerback rooms in the league like they, they they're they both gonna have very very high caliber wide receiver rooms and i think the cowboys probably have the deeper secondary at this point so i, I think philly has the better wide receiver group but dallas, dallas can very much match up with that and i and i'd agree it's not a valid argument at all to explain why the eagles are better
0: yeah, and and you want to know what, like, talking about that matchup between, you know, like when we compare the receivers um, to what Philly has on the other side of the ball at cornerback, CeeDee Lamb plays a lot in the in the slot, so he, he might not even be seeing matchups with mm-hmm. Slay and Bradbury. He's going to be able to, ex- especially, you know, when you talk about a guy who can just dominate the middle of the field like CeeDee Lamb can – you know, when you look at the Eagles, like, I think that their personnel in the middle of the field at linebacker and safety, I think that that's a, a huge mismatch that it's Dallas has. Yeah. yep, And, and that's where, like, I, I, oh, yeah, you can go, go ahead. Yeah. That's where I, okay, I, I yeah. And I, and I'm just like, that, that's where I think the games are going to be won for Dallas. You know, again, Philly, like, I, I don't mean the down-talk Philly. I mean, they are a very, very good football team. Um, but I, I I look at Dallas and I'm just like, I feel like they are a more complete team. Maybe I'm just a fan of the team, so I say this. And maybe there are players like, I look at a guy like Sam Williams and I say, yo, that guy can be a gangster next season. But maybe Philly has guys that I don't know about yet that they're just like, yo, this guy could be a gangster this season.
1: I mean, yeah, the thing with Philly is that they have so much on the – um, on the defensive line, that they can just rotate guys in and out. A lot of breakout candidates there, like the Jordan Davises and the Milton Williamses, and the um, maybe even the Jalen Carter's of the world. But I mean, last year Dallas was—you could run the football on them, which Philly obviously did. You could pass the football away from Diggs, which um, felt like Philly did at times. And now this year, the Cowboys are going to be a little weaker in that area. And and for Dallas, it's going to be easier for them to probably to probably run the ball and down down the middle of the defense. It's probably going to be easier for them to throw the ball downfield um, and probably more production from CD in the slot. I think in those games.
0: Yeah. Well, um, one last thing before I let you go. What are your thoughts on Mike McCarthy taking over for Callum Moore as a play caller?
1: I think. I'm not confident that it's going to be an upgrade, but what I am confident about is that the Cowboys needed a change of identity. I think that the way that they were attempting to throw the football so conservatively, it, it caters to Dak's strengths, but it also gives them a huge ceiling. And I think that now switching to maybe a more prolific, aggressive approach, especially when you acquire Brandon Cooks, whose entire job is going to be to carry guys, down the sideline, carry guy, carry linebackers up the seam, clear up things underneath. It, it gives the Cowboys a bigger ceiling. Like I think that maybe they won't be as consistent passing the ball down to down, but they're sure, they sure are going to hit on more big plays. And um, I probably would want to watch a little bit more of McCarthy and Green Bay the last time he had the play calling reins. but just judging off of Sean influence and what he did in Seattle like i think it was a wise decision i think kellen moore is very capable i think he'll probably keep the chargers afloat i i don't think your your offense will ever be a disaster when kellen moore is running the show but for dallas i think it was an it was a necessary change so i'm i'm on board with i'm on board with the decision both in bringing in a new guy to help with the game plan and a new guy to call the shots
0: that is an elite take sir i I, want (laughs) to know what My thing with Kellen Moore is this, not a bad OC, very, very smart guy, very smart guy. Um, But, you know, the thing is with Kellen Moore, there were some things that I think young coordinators struggle with that I don't think Dallas was willing to continue to to put up with. You know what I'm saying? Uh I think Mike McCarthy holds Kellen Moore in very high regards. I know there's people who think that, you know, Mike McCarthy's just been trashing Kellen Moore all over the media. I completely disagree. I think that he holds him in very high regard. But I also think that there are things, like I said, that young coordinators do that Mike McCarthy is looking at and is just like, look, we got a team that's ready to go right now. We can't continue to have a guy who's learning on the job because Kellen Moore is still a brand new head uh, coach. In he's you know, got a long
1: way to go and he may end up being amazing.
0: Oh yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like so he was uh Doc's backup quarterback uh
1: 2017-2018. <laughs> that's crazy.
0: And then he becomes the quarterback coach in 2018-2019 and then he becomes the offensive coordinator in 2019-2020. He was he was not qualified for that job, but I think that Kellen Moore because he's so smart, um I think he was able to stay afloat on that job and I think he improved year over year but there are certain details and nuances that you need to carry over to the playoffs when teams are game planning you different than they would in the regular season that I don't think Kellen Moore was really um ready to uh you know pick up on and I think ultimately that's the reason why they moved on from him on top of you know situational football wasn't the strongest from him you talk about the green Win bay the run Rams. yeah, yeah. I mean they lost those games you know we talked about the cornerback two spot but they also lost those games because they kept putting that that defense on the field because they didn't run the run mean the ball. Yeah they didn't run the ball and they weren't taking time off the clock when you know when uh, those situation uh situations happen. There's some other things. I don't think he got the most out of the talent on the field. Like I look at Dan Quinn and I'm like, he gets the most out of every one of those players on his defense. I don't think that that Kellen Moore was able to do that. Not in this point of his career. But you know, overall, I think, you know, I I wish Kellen Moore the best because I, I really do like Kellen Moore. I I really like Kellen Moore a lot. There's like a cynical part of me that's just like, oh, I hope he goes and flops, just so I don't have to hear, (laughs) you know, on social media about, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, Dak was holding Kellen Moore back and this that. Yeah, exactly. Like I, that's (laughs) like, I'm I'm gonna have to hear that. Oh yeah, but I I I really really do like Kellen Moore, and I do wish him the best. Like. From the bottom of my heart, just a guy that 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 seems like a really good guy. Just like when you talk to people who cover the team and that are in that building, some of the stories you hear about Calmore Moore, I, I, I wish him the best. I but yes, that is a very real possibility that that the what was the excuse and that Dak was holding him back and you know, but it is what it is.
1: Yep. But um, cool.
0: yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh no 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 no. You got it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to say, I think the, the Cowboys, when, when they brought him in, what was it, four, four or five years ago, they probably thought that he was going to be in a complete rhythm by now, and it just didn't quite, his development as a caller didn't quite expedite as much as they hoped, so I, I think it's fair at this point what they did, and I'm, I'm, I'm very excited because it's not going to probably be your traditional Cowboys football the last um, half a decade.
0: Absolutely, I 100% agree. But yeah, guys, if you guys don't know already, Nico Newsball. If you guys haven't uh, picked that up already, um, Nico is awesome having you on the pod. I uh, hope I can have you on again, and uh, you know, I wish you continued success. And uh, you know, I I I really think it's a matter of of when for you, not a matter of if. I mean, you you're you already wildly successful in in what you're doing, but you know, I, I still think that that you have you know, even more steps that you're going to continue to take and, and goals that you're going to continue to achieve in this business.
1: I, I really appreciate that, man. And I think I think what you've done on TikTok, kind of uniting the community of Cowboys fans and how sick this podcast is. I mean, the quality is amazing. I'm going to be listening throughout the season for sure, regardless if you have me on or not. I'm, I'm totally looking forward to the season, for, especially for one of the bigger teams in the league to have that sort of presence that you bring on social media.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, man. I, I really do appreciate it. It gets hard. It gets hard. I can't, I can't admit <laughs> it. It gets hard Grind. defending this team sometimes. Um, but, you know, ultimately it, it, it I mean, they, they're the most hated team in the league. And and I kind of think for God
1: knows what reason
0: <laughs> I you want to know. what's funny. Like real quick story. I was down at the 49ers Dallas um, playoff game in 2022 and I went up to like a group of 49ers fans. I was like, hey, you know, you guys played a great game. You know, I, I really like your chances next week. And they said to me, they're like, I don't know why everybody hates you guys so much. You guys are the United fans <laughs> in the world. And I was, I was, I wanted to record that and show it to my friend and say, I told you.
1: If only, if only you had gotten that down, but yeah, I mean, I I totally share that perspective as someone who's not a Cowboys fan and who I talk with on social media. I, I haven't gotten it yet. And I do want to go to a Cowboys point, but that's, that's good to hear that they're carrying what I see as their reputation into AT&T stadium.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If you ever go down, let me know, my friend. For sure. Let them know uh, again where they can uh, find you on social media
1: um elite takes on tiktok elite takes with an underscore on instagram and twitter and then elite elite takes on youtube i'm just getting started on there and i'm actually going to be making a video of my predictions for the cowboys which will probably echo a lot of points we made today um this this coming week so yeah
0: yeah look out for that i will post all of the uh, all the links in the description and nico it was a great time
1: thank you man have a great night
0: yep you as well my friend
1: Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast.
0: Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll
1: We'll see you you next next time time on on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.